What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio. We're hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, and we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. We're hanging out here on this lovely Friday, just doing our Nerd Thug thing, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm Corey DLG, and with me as usual is little brother Nico. Yeah, it's probably me. Yeah, why not? You don't know, I don't know. Who cares? Who knows? Um, there's a lot going on, man. It's been a kind of a crazy week. Um, how have you been? I've been okay. Had a party centric week. Okay. I have two friends' birthdays in the same week, so mm. I made a birthday cake for the first time ever. You don't know how to cook. Uh, you say that, but <laughs> what did you did you go to Kroger? Because that's not making a cake, man. No, I, I made a cake. No, I don't know what you mean. Like, did you play patty cake with a friend? Like, what are you trying to say? No, like, a, like I got cake mix and I made a cake. No, you definitely didn't do that. I definitely did that. You 100% for sure did not make a cake. I made a cake. False. <laughs> okay. You just won't believe me, guys. Promise. Listen, this may be a radio show, but we're not that kind of radio show, okay? <laughs> we're not one of those fictional little operas where they just make up stuff and they tell a little story. We're not doing War of the Worlds, okay? And we're not doing Nico Baked a Cake. I made a cake. <laughs> You know what? Was it super good? I don't know. I didn't get to eat any of it. You didn't even try. You know what? This this sounds more and more like you are full of the stuff. I'm gonna, ask, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text my group chat right now. Hey guys, was that cake any good? Because I poisoned it. Right, because it's filled with anthrax. That's probably way better than whatever you think you made. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Um. There's been a lot going on this week, and apparently Nico's going to just keep lying to America and say he made a cake. I don't know what that's about. Uh, I don't believe that for a second, though. Um, it took me like an hour. Which, like, what do you want me to say, Nico? Oh, wow, that's a good time. You made great cake. No, it's a terrible time. It's way too long. How do you know? How do I know? I don't know. This feels fake. I don't. I don't believe for a second that you baked a cake. There's no. Look, just because you don't know how to cook eggs doesn't mean that I don't know how to make a cake. Let's be clear. The fact that I don't know how to cook eggs is what <laughs> leads me to believe you definitely don't know how to bake a cake. I've made food before, Nico. I've watched you say you want to leave the house, have a car, a driver's <laughs> license, and shoes on, and never move off the couch because it's too far away. <laughs> So, like, the idea that suddenly you're baking stuff just sounds completely <laughs> fictional. Uh, like, you were wearing pants, socks, and shoes, and you still were like, I don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you do that more than once. Yeah, it's my go-to. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> so, the idea that, like, all of a sudden you're doing stuff and baking things and creating things out of other things and making work? No. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm not going down this path with you. Fair enough. If you want to lie to the good people of America, you're going to do it on your own. <laughs> I don't need you to believe me. I don't. That's good, because I don't. I don't believe you that you baked a cake. Thanks, I, just, I don't think that that happened. Fair enough. I'm not sure what you actually did in that kitchen. And I, I, Listen, you may even think you tried to bake it. You might think that what came out is a cake. I don't. I think what came out was exactly what went in because you did it wrong. Just a mess, and then back out, and you're just like, yeah, cake. You didn't even eat your own cake, so like, never trust a chef who won't eat their own food. So it's, it's not. Well, I made I made a food earlier, and I ate that. Also false. I made New York strip steak. Okay, like you just whatever. <laughs> you, 
How was the filet mignon? Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't make any. I don't know. Do you have a nice with like a Chateau du Bron? Like you just pour <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I'm just as confused as when they start hitting you with like the Italian words in like Master Chef when these twelve year olds are like, <laughs> yeah. I'm making a creme brulee, and you're like, all right, yeah, I, I think I know what that is, and they're like, with this and this and this, and I was like, oh, I got like a half of one of those words. Yeah, I, I always thought I was an intelligent guy. People my whole life have been like, Corey, you're smart. Corey, you're real smart. Corey, you're too smart for your own good. Corey, quit being such a smart butt. But then I uh, I watched one cooking show, like one competition cooking show, and I realized I'm an idiot. You know nothing. Because like they were making like a, uh, I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna say noises here, and it, maybe they're food things that they make. But like I think what they said was they were making a salmon brioche. I don't know what that is. I don't either. Like if you put something in front of me and said this is a brioche. I would be partially insulted unless it smelled good. I don't know. Like, I don't even right, know. Yeah. But, I mean, do I eat it? Do I throw it at something? Is it like a cleaner? Do, do I do I pair it with something? Yeah. Do, do you have any? Do you have any dessert wines? Is this a dessert? It's not. There's steak in it. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And like, there's like nine year olds who know this stuff, right? And do it on like the regular. They're like, I really like cooking sometimes, but like. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. It's just as likely it's true. It's more likely to be true for them than it is for you because children don't know what makes them happy yet. They'll just do that whatever. That makes sense. They'll just do whatever their it's parents think It's one of my favorite funny. gifts on the internet is this kid in like the, the, the Iron Chef Kids Edition who's absolutely panicking because he like burned his potatoes or something <laughs> and he's like <laughs> frantically smashing them in a pot and his hair's all flying everywhere and he just looks so concerned. And it's the most devastating things. Then you realize he's twelve, <laughs> right? He'll be okay. Although, will he? Because I don't know. He's gonna get life. torn to shreds by Gordon Ramsay. Oh, <sighs> exactly. That's a tough break, right? That's a real tough break. Like, there's like when it comes to like getting yelled at by people, Gordon Ramsay's like someone who's gonna literally cut you in half because all the insecure people just run away. Here's the cool thing about Gordon Ramsay is it's probably staged, but he still says one of my favorite meanest things I've ever seen in my whole life. He takes two pieces of bread and he puts them on the sides of this woman's head and he says, what are you? And she's like, "Uh, I don't know, chef. And he's like, are you an idiot sandwich? Yes, chef, I'm an idiot sandwich. Are you an idiot sandwich? Yes, chef, I'm an idiot sandwich. He's like, bloody hell. And like he throws the bread away and like. It's the best thing ever to be calling this poor lady an idiot sandwich. Like I don't know what she did that warrants that. I think I, I think that particular one is a like she bought sweet tea instead of unsweet. No, I think it was <laughs> it's essentially unforgivable. Right, unforgivable, <laughs> unforgivable in the culinary world. No, I think that one was like part of like an SNL bit or something. Oh, was it? Yeah, like that particular one. I don't know that it was. It couldn't. It could possibly be that he'd done that to someone. Because I watch a lot of Kitchen Nightmares, and uh, it's real impressive. I mean, it's also real impressive how, like, these people go or all in these businesses, and they're like, I'm losing $15,000 a day. Holy smokes. Some of these times, like, it blows me away. Watch, I love watching Bar Rescue. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Uh, and, yeah, he'll be like... Because, like, the margins on food are so good. And the margins on booze is amazing. Like, how does anyone screw it up? But then they'll, you'll be talking to a guy, and they'll... It's all, you know what's always my favorite? Always. They do this every time on Bar Rescue, and it's amazing. John Tapper will come in, and then he'll have his, like, he always gets, like, these companies to sponsor. Like, he's got the best life. I want I want a bunch of companies to sponsor my job for me 
So like every I'm like, oh, I just wrote an essay sponsored by Coca-Cola. Oh, my good friends over at Monster brought me this this word processing unit for me to type this out. Like right. he always does. He's like, my friends over at Tap Measurements did this and blah blah. But he uh, the first thing he does is he weighs all the liquor and like does counts, and he's like, they're literally stealing four thousand dollars a shift from you. And he's like, the owner's always like, that's crazy. I didn't realize it was that much. And it's like, yeah, you had to have because you make nine dollars a day. Like, right? <laughs> you're in the negative by twelve thousand when yeah. your profit margin should be about three billion. Yeah, when you're literally selling something at it. So, the cost on liquor from distributor at the distributor level is essentially whatever whatever someone charges you for a shot. So, like, oh, let me get a sh- let me get a let me get a shot of that. Whatever liquor you're ordering. Whatever the cost of that shot is, basically, if you multiply that by three or four, that's what they paid for the whole bottle, and they are charging you two and a half ounces at a time for that bottle. Right. So, like, five shots of anything will pay for itself. Yes. And then so you're up past five shots of anything. Everything after five is is profit essentially for a bar. And so, like, the idea that like. Some I don't you could be the worst drunk on the planet and like asleep in a corner and your bar should still make you like two grand a week. Like At what least. are you doing? And so it's always amazing to me to watch these guys. But yeah, the Hell's Kitchens are the same way. Where Gordon Ramsay comes through and I was watching the beginning of one and I couldn't even keep watching. I had to turn it away because I already felt bad for everybody. The the guy who walked him to his table and handed him his menu proceeded to tell him he's also the quality the quality uh, analyst and the uh, the assistant manager, and he's like, "Well, you just you're you're the host also. He's you're the host, and you have time to be the manager and 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 check quality on the kitchen." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a very busy person," and he's like, "Wow, wow!" And so he calls over the the woman who's like, "It's her restaurant," and he's like, "Is this guy is this guy messing with me? He does this this and this." And she goes, "No, no, he's the busser. <laughs> His job <laughs> is to bust the tables. He's not even supposed to be the host." <laughs> and like that's always my favorite and Gordon Rims is so confused Gordon Rims is just looking at her and he's like listen I had a bad day one day and I fired him and I felt bad about it so I told him he could come back and stay but just stay out of my way but now he's driving me crazy again and so like she just walks off but like he really walked Gordon Ramsay to his table and then told him that like he runs the restaurant even though he doesn't even though he's not even supposed to walk people to their tables and you're like this is gonna be a good one. This is oh, man. this is gonna be a good one. It's always the good ones. I I do like when the people try to argue with Gordon Ramsay about how to run a restaurant. Yeah, that's always that's always amazing to me. When right, they're always like, "What have you done?" And he's like, "Whatever." He, he's like, "He's like, you have my cookbook in your kitchen, you <laughs> dummy." <laughs> you like the whole show is about me coming to your kitchen, not the other way around. Like, right, I'm saving you. To, yeah. I have a million restaurants. I, I make need, a lot of money. You own my here. cookbook. I always love it because like they'll try to they'll try to, they'll be like uh, one of them it was the meatballs weren't fresh okay so they would make the meatballs that's like, like on that's Sunday like ninety percent of kitchen yeah, nightmares yeah. it's always like the These entire frozen everything's frozen so yeah. that's it doesn't taste this good right and so like he's trying to explain to them because they're like well we make them all on Sunday and then we freeze them and we get them out throughout the week blah 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 and he's like okay but here's the thing like once you freeze it it loses a lot of like the flavor and blah 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 and they're like oh well yeah but it's not like we can make meatballs every day and he was like. What are you? Why want? the f can't you? Like, of course, <laughs> why you can make not? meatballs every day. 
he was like, what do you think Italian chefs do? And and she's like, oh, well, we're too busy for that. And he's like, then don't serve Italian food. Like, Well, the thing is that they're always like, oh, but it's so, we're so busy. And he's like, you have four people a day. Like, you guys have like nine people that come through here. You've got all the time in the world. <laughs> Trust me, no one's going to mind if the meatballs take a couple minutes longer because they're fresh. Right. No one's going to be mad at you. And it's always amazing because his, his menu fixes are hilarious. Because he's like, here's your entire restaurant redone. It's like everything that they served, but like a, it's a quarter. It's usually like a quarter of their menu, but done well. Yeah. And they're like, this is amazing. And like they have a whole kitchen night and like 90% are like, and then they went back to doing the same thing again and failed immediately. Amazing. Yeah. Sometimes for some reason they just don't get it. Um, I always love watching the show The Prophet for the same reason. And one That's time fair. he bought a pizzeria. And he used his face down. Marcus or uh, whatever his name is, Marcus Limonis. He is a, like a crazy social media. He's super active on the social media. It's like he put out a Facebook Live, and he was like, "Hey, I need everybody to come to this restaurant and help me out. We're gonna go over the menus and blah blah blah, and try the food and da da da." He got like forty people in this little pizzeria, and so he's handing out slices. Uh, he's asking them questions. And they're going over like common ingredients on the pizza because the guy's got like forty ingredients listed. And Marcus Limonis is like, you're stocking too much food. Like, I'm trying to lower your food costs so that we can make more money. Right. So if we stock less of these items, how many people are really hurting? So essentially it's like if you carry like the top six vegetables, onions, green peppers, black olives, those kind of things. But then like when you start getting down, like, and I'm making this up because I don't know what it was, but carrots and like red onions and zucchini, like, like specific things. And he's like, we don't need this one, right, guys? No, everyone's like. He's like, does anyone order carrot pizza kind of a thing? And everyone's like, no. And so he's, burp, 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 burp. and the guy behind him, the owner, he's like in the kitchen cooking and he's muttering under his breath, but he's all mic'd up. And he's like, he's crazy if he thinks these people are going to change my menu. And it, oh, that's my favorite one. But like you're getting all this feedback from the customers. Like that's the most important thing is these are people who come in and spend money on pizza and they're excited to be there and they like the food. And then they tell you, I like A and B. I don't like C. And D could be different. And he's like, no. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things ever. It's like, wow, you're really going to roll up to him and be like, you're wrong. My menu is clearly better. It's it's insane to me when they want to argue with these guys. There's nothing you could, there's nothing you're going to tell Gordon Ramsay about a kitchen. And there's nothing you're going to tell Marcus Limonis about a business. And there's nothing you're going to tell John Taffer about a bar. Like, these guys know what they're doing. They've done it a thousand times. So, like, this idea that you're going to go in and go, listen, I know you've seen businesses before, but ours is special. Even when you're, like, a unique industry, Marcus Lamona still does, like, a crazy amount of research into stuff. So, like, he got into a sign company one time, and he spent a bunch of time, like, learning about the business, learning the guys making the signs and what's it look like and who's the designers and who has say and... How do they do their quotes? Like, he he got into it. Right. Because even if he doesn't know your industry, he knows business. Right. And so... He knows how to operate it. Right, exactly. And so, yeah, there's certain truths that are going to be true of every one of these. And the idea that people are just like, what does Gordon Ramsay know? Everything. Everything that matters to you. Right. He knows it. It's important. <laughs> if it's about cooking... He's already done it, so just stick with him. And they're like, meh. I don't believe it. It's about as believable as you baking a cake. Uh. Ha ha. All right, we're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got more Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. 
The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conroe. Everyone interested in insurance should pay attention. Donald Williams is an independent insurance agent who works with over 15 national characters to try and find the best coverage at the best price, specializing in home insurance as well as bundling with auto to maximize discounts. Him and his office, they consider themselves a family and they work to care for people and their goal is to help bring value to their policies by going line by line through the coverage to make sure you actually understand what you have. Interested parties should contact 937-760-5963. 937-760-5963 and ask for Donald today. This is Rudy Townjanovich and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back, Conroe. We got Nerd Thug Radio coming right at you. Hanging out. Hanging out. Hanging around. Down. Down on oh. the corner. I went I went downtown by myself. Oh. Wow. What song is that? The uh, last guy? What is it? I don't remember the actual my same name of that song. Hanging, Hanging around, around down. downtown by myself. Oh, that is Sex and Candy. There you go. Marcy's Playground. There you go. Yeah. I could play that game all day. Name a tune. Um... It's only only until we get up to modern music where it's dumb stuff like Panini, and then I'm then I'm SOL. And then that's where I come in, you know, like usual nerd stuff. Shut up! Right where your knowledge ends, mine usually picks up. Between me and my brother, we know everything, and then anything they ask me that I don't know, I'm just like, oh, I think my brother knows that. That's usually how it works. See, there you go. We're covered. Uh, before we go too far into anything, let me tell you guys about Donald Williams Independent Insurance Agent. Uh, they're an independent. He's an independent insurance agent. He's an independent insurance agent, and he gets to shop over 15 national carriers to find the best coverage at the best price. Specializing in home insurance as well as bundling the auto insurance to maximize discounts. Um, and one thing that that Donald really wants me to emphasize to everybody is he considers everybody who does business with him part of his family, and his policy is caring. And their goal is to bring value by going through your coverage line by line to make sure you actually understand what's in front of you so that you know what you're spending your money on. Like I always say, insurance can be complicated if you're not paying attention. Um, and then you'd hate to find out you don't like you don't have the coverage you need when something actually happens. Right. Uh, you get hit by, by a car and they drive off. That's an uninsured motorist incident sometimes. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not saying that. But in my experience, that would be an uninsured motorist. And so, yeah, you, you want to make sure you have that covered on your policy if you're dealing with that. You'd hate to find out, oh, well, you waived uninsured motorists so that you could save $9. Right, and maybe that's something that you want. Yeah, and plus I bet you're willing to give back your $9 at that point. Right. Uh, anyway, make sure to call their office, 937-760-5963, 937-760-5963. Ask for Donald, and make sure you mention that you heard them on Nerd Thug Radio. Let them know that I'm helping out my boy. Um, Yeah, so there's some interesting stuff going on, and I'm, a, I'm about to do something on Nerd Thug Radio that I almost never do because I almost never have to do. Okay. I might. There's a percentage chance. There's a slight possibility. There's a minor opportunity for a, a possible adjustment 
I may have been a little wrong about the DC Universe app. Wow. The step back. Before the three. No, yeah. Um, What has started out weak and didn't feel great in its delivery in the beginning, uneven in its delivery, I should say. First mm-hmm. season, they started off with Titans. I wasn't a fan. The Captain Joey Savage has now said that the first two seasons are great if you watch them all the way through. So, yeah, I'm kind of feeling like I'm going to try it again. Although, single-handedly, one of the worst trailers ever ever. Absolutely, produced. absolutely. It's terrible trailer. Terrible trailer. And the first episode doesn't help, so you have to like commit mentally to doing like two or three episodes, is what I've been told, um, before you're in the quote-unquote good stuff. Which is annoying. Not a good sign. <laughs> You kind typically want to nail it on the first try. It's hey, like once you get like five or six episodes in, it really picks up. But I can't say that because I do like shows that are like that. But yeah, because you're yeah, I, it's hard to like for them. I typically either am in or I'm out. If yeah. I realize I have checked out mentally and I'm 20 minutes in, you're out. I can turn it off, no right. problem. But there are those people who are like, well, let me see how it ends. Let me see how we're doing. Um, and I've been told that Umbrella Academy starts slow. I found it. Um, Fascinating. I was in from the second I put it in. Yeah, same. But I was told by some people that it starts slow, which I didn't. I didn't get either. I don't know that I agree with that. I but feel like I feel like like maybe you could see it that way. But I was interested enough that I there were so many questions that I had. That so I, much going on, and it was all so interesting looking. Right. I don't. Yeah. I can't wait for season two. It's gonna be real oh, good. Oh man, it's got to be around the corner, right? Yeah, it should be. Uh, but beyond that, also, uh, you know, so Titans didn't come out of the gate strong. No. They then do the first half of the season three of Young Justice, which is great. Um, but then they do the Swamp Thing thing, and they cancel it two episodes early, and they only give it one season, and it's just kind of... Bad taste in the mouth. Suddenly you don't know what's going on. Right. Rough Titans first season, now the Swamp Thing thing, and you're like, well, I, don't, I don't understand. Um... Then Doom Patrol, and I think Doom Patrol is really the turnaround. I think so, too. Doom so Patrol has received mass praise everywhere it goes. Pretty much. So that's the first thing where people are telling me I need to, I need to give DC a second chance. It's Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Second season of Titans goes all the way through, and now people are telling me, hey, maybe you need to give Titans a second chance. Now the second half of Young Justice comes out, and it's great, obviously. Um... And then Harley Quinn is what's out right now, and they're releasing it in incremental episodes. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Having fun with it? I, I am, and uh, I'm watching. I finished Young Justice, and I went ahead and started. I started out with uh, Joey Savage's login, stealing it, because mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to give him money again. You know, I gave robbery. Him money, I gave him money the first three or four months, and honestly, I don't feel like I got my money's worth, so I wasn't I wasn't there yet. Anyway, um, been on it and been finished Young Justice, which I think is great. The first thing I want to know with Young Justice is, is why are they not making everything? Like, why are they just not in charge of DC Animated? I don't. Or given more responsibility, given more opportunity. DC Animated has made a, a few missteps that used to be on their pretty much flawless track record up until this point. But still, they're like... At least eight or nine for ten on like things they do. Yeah, they they are still Waste. comfortably successful, right? In the animated department, but but Young Justice, 
seasons one, two, and three were so far apart, and there were so much questions about each one. But each one is such a great story. I, I really, I, I struggled to, first of all, to find fault or complain. But then beyond that, it's, it's so good that I wonder, like, why aren't these the people who make more? Why aren't they doing more stuff? Like, okay, Young Justice, and while Young Justice is away, here's a Justice League done by the Young Justice people. Oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, like, why aren't they doing more? Yeah, why aren't they doing more? Because it's good. And the Harley Quinn stuff is totally different, completely different. It's yeah. very much if Rick and Morty or Adult Swim was given a DC cartoon. Um, Which is cool, and I think they should definitely head that direction. I, I think they can take chances like that, and it's funny. It's funny, it's interesting. Um, it's... it's uh, the characters is great. Uh, they've done a good job with the casting of the character. It's Penny from uh, Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaylee, Casey Cuomo, Kaylee Cuomo, Casey Cuomo. I'm not sure. Uh, but she kind of really is nailing her own version of Harley Quinn. It's not Margot Robbie's, and it's not uh, the traditional Mr. J. It's, it's a very much a different Harley, but it's one... It's very relatable and it's very good, and the cartoon is funny. It's just funny. Uh, they also don't pull any punches. Like yeah, f bombs galore. There's all kinds of really funny moments. There's all kinds of really great things. Um, don't bring your kids around. No, it's certainly only for adults. It really is, but it's completely worth watching. But then, see, this is the problem with DC. So here's the other. Here's the problem I still have. First of all, I still can't get it on PlayStation. Yeah. You can get it on Xbox, you can get it on the Amazon Fire Stick, still can't get it on PlayStation. You can get it on Roku, still can't get it on PlayStation. Um, the other problem I have is Stargirl is about to come out. I think Stargirl is the next thing. The next, like, block or whatever they're doing. Right. Uh, behind Harley Quinn. Uh, that might not... Uh, it's coming up, is my point. It's coming up, but it might not be. It might not be. There might be one more thing before it. But the way they structured it, they made a deal with CW... That they're also going to get it? So Stargirl is going to debut on the DC app first. Then the next day, air on the CW. That's silly. It's dumb. Like, I, I like I get they wanted to continue their their universe in the CW because it's 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 expanding now. Correct. But this isn't... I don't... They, they, DC, I think... So while Disney's kind of approach, they have things that on their app that they don't have control over yet because it's still on Netflix and they still have to write out their deal with Netflix. Right. If it's not on Disney, it's on Netflix is pretty much the answer to that question. Yeah, and there's like a couple of little weird things on Hulu, but yeah. Right, right, and there's a couple of weird things on Hulu, but like DC is just everywhere. Everywhere. They're on Netflix. They're on Hulu. I... I it, it surprises me that they're not on the DC on the Disney app. Like it just like they're so spread out. They're on Amazon. They are all over the place. And the confusing part is this is even more confusing. The other day I went to try and find uh, Batman Beyond: The Return of the Joker. It's not on anything. I don't even know where you can stream it. It's not on anything for free for some reason. Yeah, you're just gonna have to buy it from Amazon or something. Two ninety nine, I can rent it. But the but it doesn't but it doesn't make any sense. Because there's a DC app, there's a Netflix deal, there's Hulu who has some of the DC animated movies still, and yet none of it is this one. <laughs> this one is completely <laughs> untouched for no reason. 
what is going on? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's so disorganized. And this is my problem, is it is disorganized. And also, if you're doing this thing where right now as you build up your content, you're releasing something new every single Friday, and that's kind of your bit, your gimmick, right? That's how you're, that's how you're giving the, the people paying $8, this is what they're paying for, is a new episode every Friday, plus access to everything before it. Well, now you're giving that away for free. For the two months that Stargirl's out. Yeah. Their free show now airs on Saturday on the CW. So right. Like, I don't understand. And it's not for free when you have to have either the CW or cable stuff, but. Well, but CW, I believe, is one of the free. Is it one of the free Broadcast networks. networks. I believe so. I don't, I don't, I just don't understand the model with DC. Whereas Netflix, whereas Disney and Marvel and Star Wars and everything are consolidating. Yes, something has a deal somewhere else, but we're not making new deals. We're only keeping our stuff on our apps. DC's not doing that. DC, that's a new deal they made. Right. And I even forgot about this. Titans is on Netflix in like Canada and other regions. Yeah. Not the U.S., but everywhere else. But I think that's because the DC app isn't everywhere else, which, again, I just, don't understand. Just a blubbering mess sometimes. It is. And then on top of that, the rumors are abound that at some point the AT&T, HBO, Warner Brother like super conglomerate is going to have its own streaming service, which means DC has to roll in. Right. So people who've been paying for the DCU is just going to get either eaten or I don't, I don't know how that part's going to work. It's got to be it's it might be like the Hulu thing where okay, you had Hulu, you still just have Hulu. Oh, you want to come over to Disney? Okay, well, you can choose to pay only a dollar, like because you already pay five ninety nine. You know what I mean? Like, right. Maybe they've maybe they've figured that part out, but making new content and then not keeping it exclusive, while it's, still it's struggling odd. to create your own content, still is a weird choice. It really is. The CW is such a weird universe in general. Because they they've they've had their event going on for like a million years at this point. Yeah, I feel like we've been waiting all year for this crisis on Infinite Earths, and then the wrap up is still like a week away. I think. Right. It's been two full months. Is <laughs> this crisis coming real slow? Um, well, like they they they're like, oh, but we want consistency of our universe, but that's something they've never cared about till just now. Well, I think it's only getting a problem now because there's so many shows. And so, like, technically they're not all in the same universes. And, like, the yeah, Flash just, it's like, like Arrow, between Flash, them. Supergirl. But they're, like, Supergirl's in a different one than Arrow and Flash. Arrow and Flash share one. Yeah. Supergirl's in a separate one. Black Lightning's in its own. Yeah, but after the Crisis Insurance, they're probably going to be all them Yes, they're, they're all going to be together at that point. Um, but I really Legends of Tomorrow. But Legends of Tomorrow. Is after, right? But somehow it goes between them all. It's the worst thing ever. I, I'm just not sure how they f- how they navigate all this. It's really complicated, and it is. Also, Lucifer made a cameo from Fox in the CW stuff. Oh God, it's even as worse. Lucifer, because Lucifer is from Vertigo, which is DC Comics, so which is on Netflix. Have fun, right? So they literally took every like DC character they could touch and get a hold of, and they put them at least partly in this thing, which is cool. Except it, it's not over yet, and it, like it feels like it'll never end. It'll never end. I I just think that there's a lot of weird overstep that they have done. Right. I feel it, like it, there's no good plan. Well, we've we've always we've always criticized DC about their leadership and how the lack of a plan. Right. The lack of leadership. 
Um, they've got a big contest coming up. I almost entered this, but I kind of felt like my idea wasn't unique enough. Did you just did you did you do what I did and just say just bring back Wildcats? <laughs> no, they um they asked for people to pitch ideas that were non-creative. Uh not non-creative, but like non non-creative. Non-property related. So like oh, yeah, this is like a difficult. Yeah, so game show challenges, docudramas, things of that nature. Um so they announced the finalists, the 10 finalists, and they're almost all it's Washington, California, New Jersey, DC, San Diego, California, Oregon, New Jersey, Georgia, New York. Um, it's 10 people. So they're going to air, they're going to let each of them have like a five minute presentation followed by five minute questions Mm -hmm. on January 23rd and 24th. And the winner of this is basically is getting their show made on the DC app. Whoa. Um, we'll see what these guys say. I'll go ahead and reveal what I was going to do because now that it's, it's over, I can't do it. I I just, I didn't think it was original enough. I didn't know that it would, that it had enough legs, but almost like a talk show. Like in a Conan O'Brien or Tonight Show style format, mm-hmm. where you have funny, casual conversations with creators premiering DC projects, but then also do skits and things, dumb characters, dumb versions of characters. Like keep having Beast Boy on, but it's just like a dog painted green. Right. Um, or like go to conventions and talk to like, you know, cosplayers and stuff like that and just have fun with it. Like if Jimmy Kimmel worked for the DC Universe, kind of. Right. But I don't know that that's really all that strong of an original idea. Right. Or if it's got enough legs to be like, oh, that's interesting every, like... Every Friday, I'm going to want to watch it. Right. Also, it really just fulfills my dream of having my own talk show. That's fair. That's really all it does. It it does nothing for everyone else. Man, this talk show is going to be real cool, though. (laughs) (laughs) It would only be really cool if somehow you could talk to, like, the characters, I feel like. Yeah, but I like I I really want it so like you talk to the characters, but like they're playing a role in the book <laughs> as if it were a movie. <laughs> That'd be cool. So it's like, oh, uh, here's Skeletor in his fifteenth appearance in He Man number five. Yeah, and and he's like, yeah, but he's got a little one... suit on, but he's still got the Skeletor face because he's yeah. Skeletor. So like he's like, yeah, when they uh when they talked about bringing me back, I just wasn't sure. We've done so many things already. And right. I just was like, you know, I really want to do something special if I'm coming back at all. And so what we talked about, like I I, I feel like it's a surprise for the for the viewers, but I really. I think we really brought him something this time. Right. Like, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just, let's see a clip. Check it out. Right. Yeah. And it's just like the panels are <laughs> <laughs> scrolling over. Well, do we need to set this up, Skeletor? Oh, no, no, no. I think it's going to be pretty self-explanatory. Oh, okay. All right. Well, here we go. <laughs> that would have been great, but I also think that that wouldn't be what they wanted. <laughs> you would need like 20 voice actors like right off stage and like animators. I don't know how you would do it. Yeah, I don't know. But no, I totally would do that. I think that would be great. I would love to do that. I, I, I kind of want it in the style of like Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Yeah, exactly. I also think it would be funny to do, I heard this bit a long time ago and I never forgot it. And I think like now I feel like it's a whole thing. Um, they did like a two minute like podcast where they were doing like local news in Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that's neat. So it was like today in local news, orcs have raided the town of Biffia and like blah, blah, blah. However, uh, there was a mysterious young girl who was spotted on the shores of such and such. I'm sure that won't amount to anything. <laughs> and, you know, it was like little things like that. And I think like that would be funny to do like a TV show about. But see, now it's a, it's a sitcom. It's not really. Yeah. But it'd be a TV show about like 
the newscasters and reporters and like the remote, like the on-site people, but like in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, like so, this like complete fantasy yeah. world. But like these guys are doing the news in it. <laughs> it's so like, keeping the people informed, <laughs> right? So like you know how you know how they always make somebody go to the city where the hurricane is happening, right? And they have to stand there in the storm winds, right? So like, and it's like as you can see, a storm drake is slowly approaching the shoreline. It's like just like a lightning and just so the worst. So like you would send like a reporter to go report from like where the dragon is bombarding the town, right? Yes, that's right. It's a red drake. It's about twenty five feet in length, and it's oh 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 here it comes here it comes here it comes. Then as you can see, yeah, it just it just burned Main Street. That's right hundreds of people burning all there it of is. them there it is We're and then it'll cut back to them and they're they're just sitting there nodding the entire right. time fascinating fascinating now uh any news on where this one came from because there was talks of a red in the mountains to the east but it sounds like that one's been dormant a long time yes you're right todd he has been dormant uh we <laughs> haven't really gotten any word yet from uh like almost mundane as <laughs> if they're like spectators <laughs> in this world right <laughs> I think that would be great, but it would be uh, it would definitely be a weird show. You'd get super meta really fast on something like that. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it, like it's super niche, but it sounds really interesting. <laughs> but it'd be funny. But it, like, where would it air? Who would like? Yeah, who's gonna be like? Yeah, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> and who's gonna Who's gonna put money into that? Like, it's it just quickly becomes a pain in the butt to make that. The show. answer is it costs four dollars. Like space goes coast to coast, dude. <laughs> Their animation budget was like, like four grand. <laughs> They're like, I got this in Flash. Don't worry about it. You know, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. They made that. They made like their theme song and their entire intro in like a day. Yeah, it was improv. Yeah, it's amazing. You didn't notice that when he was like the Mike Rula, I run through you. Like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no, uh, it doesn't. But I love that intro so much. <laughs> All right, we're gonna jump out into a break. When we come back. We got a little bit more Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. Hey, Conroe. Everyone interested in insurance should pay attention. Donald Williams is an independent insurance agent who works with over 15 national carriers to try and find the best coverage at the best price, specializing in home insurance as well as bundling with auto to maximize discounts. Him and his office, they consider themselves a family, and they work to care for people and their goal is to help bring value to their policies by going line by line through the coverage to make sure you actually understand what you have. Interested parties should contact 937-760-5963, 937-760-5963, and ask for Donald today. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, and coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. What's up, Conroe? Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio. Hanging out here on this mighty fine Friday afternoon. It's a little after 2.30, and um, I'm just tired of looking at you, Nico. I oh, just, that's real aggressive. I just feel I feel like I need my space. Mm. 
that's why you're not coming tonight to Adventure Begins. I mean, you technically already said you had birthday parties to go to or whatever, so. We partying, boys. Yeah, right. I feel like it's a lot of card games in your future. That's it. That's all I'm going to do there's forever. There's probably not even going to be, like, music playing or a girl there. Probably no girls. Definitely going to be music playing. I feel like I nailed that. Uh, anyway, before we get into anything else, and I ruin Nico's whole public image, because he's known as the party boy, let me That's tell everybody so about accurate. the Adventure <laughs> Begins comics, games, and more on 1488. Uh, tomorrow they got Magic the Gathering going on. They're doing the Throne of Eldraine booster draft. Um, they're doing $15 fees. They're drafting Throne of Eldraine this coming Saturday from 12 to 4 p.m. Limited seating on things like that, so make sure you, you reach out and get your seat taken care of. Uh, also Saturday evening, uh, from 5 to 9 p.m., Star Wars Legion new player training. Learn to play Star Wars Legion. Legion community is growing. It's a great time to join the fun. Star Wars Legion is a miniature game of small unit combat in the Star Wars universe. You'll finally realize your dream of commanding Tauntaun Riders, Droid Commandos, and Darth Vader on the battlefield. Darth Vador. It is pretty cool, though. Um, also, Sunday, January 12th from 4 to 8 p.m. is D&D Junior's Adventurers League. It's $5 to play or purchase of at least $5 in store. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. Always stuff going on. Um, most importantly, Saturday, January 25th, the Adventure Begins Anniversary Party is coming up. Woo. Yeah. That's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. Woo. So make sure to come by the Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Get some information. There's going to be prize drawings. I'll give you some, those details as we get a little bit closer. Face painting, cosplaying, all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's the Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more on 1488. Come hang out with me tonight when we sit around and play some Hero Clicks. That's it. All right. Let's end the show. I'm tired of you. All right. Um, cool. Bye, guys. Okay. So one of my least favorite people in comic books. Uh, do you want to take a guess who it is? I don't know. Rob Liefeld. Ah, yeah. Good old Rob Liefeld. Um, Famous can't draw feet guy. He is the creator of Deadpool. Um, I want to give him full credit. He is the guy who... He came on to New Mutants at the end of it and turned it into X-Force. So he's credited as one of the founder creators of x-force okay that's pretty cool um you know edgy 90 stuff makes sense he created kind of that little run of character domino deadpool uh copycat uh kane um i think gideon might be one of his creations as well it's like x-force number four so like there's kind of this um cable is is one he's responsible for so he's sort of known, he was like 20 at the time when all this is happening, okay? Right. And he was kind of like the rock star of the comic book world. So Image Comics, when it blew up and he was one of the founders of it, um, I think he was the one who changed the most probably because he was so impressionable at that moment. So he was so young. Right, yeah, when you're 20 years old. I mean, I can say that I'm 21. It's not like I'm. It's not like yeah. I'm can you imagine, like, let's say Nerdthug Radio, like we've 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 enjoyed success here, but it's been slow and it's been moderate. Uh, but we've had big moments. But can you imagine if, like, everywhere we went, forget about just doing panels at Comicpalooza. Like, if everything we did was like slammed, and like beautiful women are asking for our autographs, and, like Rob Liefeld for a minute lived the life of a rock star for drawing comic books. It's pretty sick. It's a crazy thing to think about. So I want to give him full credit for that. Before I go into how dumb he is now, I want to give him full credit for 
get a Levi's commercial. It's like, pretty impressive. I mean, it is. There Only are some, cool guys have Levi's commercials. Well, I mean, it's an interesting thing because it meant that fashion thought he was part of the pop culture of the time, right? Because that's what that says. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, Okay. Since then, though, he's kind of become just a hack, honestly. I can't. I couldn't tell you the last time he made something of relevance. Uh, he's now known more for what he says than what he does. Um, How the mighty have fallen. He collected on a Youngblood Kickstarter like t- six, seven years ago. That is never going to happen now. It is now officially never going to happen. Right. He lost the rights to it. Yeah. So I don't like... It's hard for me to sit around and be like... This guy's not a piece of crap. Um, so today he he made a comment. That's a couple days ago now. Uh, the comic is I'm gonna read his comment in whole, and then we we can kind of get into it. Comic books today are not in a resurgence of creativity. Most are endless talk fests, just cackling heads. Bronze Age through '99 is the sweet spot. Do yourself a favor and check out Marvel DC image comics of those eras. Inspiring. Wasn't like one of the greatest Green Lantern stories ever written written in like 2007 or 9? Yeah, Blackest Night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is the Green Lantern story. It is the Green Lantern story. Um, So first of all, he wants to give himself everything from Bronze Age through 1999. And then cut it and then go, okay, anything after 1999 is terrible. First Which of all, patently false. Well, I mean, what do you, you're, you're just throwing away the last 20 years of comic books, but everything before that was amazing. Like, right. First of all, it's stupid. There's all kinds of crap that came out in different. Oh, eras. yeah. There's just tons of things you just For, throw away. It's it's the it's the it's the great example of like, yeah, the 90s were great because you remember the 90s. You well, remember the, the good things. from the, the 90s, 90s were great because they were great for him. Right. But let's be clear. He made garbage comic books. They were Awful. His image books were some of the worst ones. Now, listen, full credit, all the image books were selling millions of copies. But at that time, when we were in the speculator bubble, when the speculation bubble burst, it's not like image maintained a higher quantity than Marvel or something like that. When right. the, when the speculation bubble burst and the investors got out of comic books, yeah, the comic books industry had a collapse. It had a massive collapse, and image fell hard. They didn't fall between Marvel and DC. They weren't like, they felt they were a distant, distant third. Uh, Gen thirteen came out with thirteen variant covers. Like, Image was as much a problem, if not more of a problem, than everyone else. Everyone was doing the variant covers and the holograms and the cards and the ash cans and the and the lithograms and all the different prints and whatever. Everyone was doing that stuff, and it was it was. Destroying the industry, they were doing the stunts, the death of Superman, the all of that's nineteen ninety nine. Like, what is he like? What is he even? I own the death of Superman. Yeah, it's like nineteen ninety six or something like that. It falls right in that window of terrible. The Image Comics era is some of the worst written, worst story, most meaningless comic books as far as content. Now, art. Some of the greatest artists of comic books are at Image Comics. It's no denying that. Um, but also... Okay, so it turns into a big thing. Everyone's saying stuff. Okay. Um, so someone replied, Nah, Image of Today is far better. Hickman on East of West and Black Monday Murders. 
Brubaker doing his thing with Criminal and other titles, Rucka, Larkon Lazarus, Ward Ellis, Garth Ennis, Grant Morrison, and others doing great work at other companies. That's the truth. There's tons of great creators right now doing a lot of stuff. Right. Well, Eric Larson, the writer, the creator of Savage Dragon, who's another one of the image guys from the start, um, he's one of the only ones who stayed working through everything. Um, Which is a feat in and of itself. It really is. I think he's done like 400 issues of Savage Dragon or something crazy. Like Whoa. That. It's a, it's, he's just been working nonstop since him. Like, Savage Dragon. Like, he's like, this is my thing. I'm just going to do this forever now. And I think there was one year where Savage Dragon only put out like four titles one year, but essentially it's been monthly or six weeks. Like, And it's him working on it this whole time. Which is impressive. It is. Uh, but he replies at that point, and he says, honestly, it's the difference between Annie Hall and Star Wars. Yes, Annie Hall won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1977, but there's no denying that viewers flocked to see Star Wars. Present-day image is Annie Hall. 1992 image was Star Wars. Solid. I I don't disagree with what he's saying, is that more people went to see old image. More people bought old image, but... It's tough to really know that. I don't know that comic book readers left. I don't know that there's I don't know that there's a difference in the amount of readers that left comic books. It was yes, they sold fewer copies, but they sold fewer copies because of a of a market that existed and was inflated. Of of a false market. People were buying 20 copies of something because it was going to buy them a new house. It was going to put their son in college like it was this this bizarre idea that all this stuff was going to be worth something. It's the same reason right now. So Gary Vee is telling everyone that basketball cards and, and sports cards are about to blow up again. And I think he is right. But it's the same reason why the sports cards of the 90s are worthless. It's because there's too many of them. They, mm-hmm. made, they mass-produced a billion of them, sold them to everybody, told everybody they were going to be worth something, and now there's a billion of them floating around and nobody wants them. Right. It's Nobody only, wants them. It's only like super specialty stuff that's worth anything and costs a bunch to even get into. Right. And nowadays, sports cards are worth it again. But there was a moment where there was like six card companies and right. everyone was doing rookie Jordans and everyone was doing this and everyone was doing that. There was no... There was too much, so there was no value to any of it. If there's too much of something, nobody wants it. It's it's It's, it's common supply, supply and demand. demand. Yeah, exactly. And image... And as well as Marvel and DC, I'm not letting anybody off the hook, but I'm talking about Image because these are, these two guys are Image. Rob Liefeld and Eric Larson were two sixth, two sevenths of what of the founding of Image Comics, and this is what they did. They flooded the market with with these with these variant covers and these terrible books, Brigade and Young Blood and Blood Sport, and like they were just awful. They were terrible characters. Um, now there comes a time at one point where he on Supreme. He hires Warren Ellis to come on and write it, or some Neil guy, somebody. He hires a, a a big time writer, and that was like a great run. But none of Rob Liefeld's quote unquote great moments are because of him specifically. Uh, well, not because of the quality of the write. Like the stories weren't any good. If you go back and actually read what was going on in New Mutants, like the dialogue and stuff, it's brutal. It's really bad. Early X-Force is rough. When I'm 12, it was awesome, and I didn't care, and these guys looked cool, and Rob Liefeld was neat. But now that I'm an adult, I mean, he's he's still a child, it seems like. Like, it's weird. 20-year-old, everything I was successful. Right, and like, yeah, like, he just couldn't, there was, there was, there was a too long of a period where he couldn't miss and then fell so hard. It's like a hard thing to get over and adapt to. And like so now he does cameos for money, then a little app cameo. 
You can I think it's twenty bucks and Rob Liefeld will say hi to you on Cameo. Cool. Cool. And listen, that's great for him, but like now he lists books he won't sign. He won't sign New Mutants ninety eight for anything less than a hundred dollars, like it's first appearance of Deadpool. So if if you're wow. gonna make your money, he wants to make his money. Like stuff like that is what makes Rob Liefeld one of the bad guys. Yeah. It, it it doesn't feel like he cares about the work he's done. No. Well, especially no. And there's always rumors, like, I've heard so many stories where he was the jerk, and there's rumors that he was the jerk. Allegedly, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard it from multiple people. Allegedly, he used to list multiple comic books in Diamond Previews catalog, and then whichever one received the highest orders is the one he would make, and he would cancel all the others. Ooh. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. That's not a way to make a living. And it's not a way to do it's not a way to build fan relationship. Like I think Rob Liefeld just expects the fans to love him because of what he's done. Right. Resting on his laurels. Yeah. And and, and putting no stock in the fact that like industries can change and care about different things in different eras. And we live in the era of storytelling now. And that's what all of the streaming stuff is, is storytelling. We live in this era where now we we're looking for we're looking for interesting, not just pretty. Right. And you can be a great artist, but if your story's whack, no one really is gonna care. Yeah, it's the wrong. It was, era. This, it was it, the same thing with well, what was that movie that was based on like a French comic book that was like super awesome CG, but the oh, story uh, was like non Valerian in the City of a Thousand Worlds. Yeah. And you're right. And it was based on this beautiful French comic book and it was incredible looking and Cara Delvine or whatever her name is is gorgeous. The movie was still awful to watch. Right. Just brutal. Super impressive CG. You can tell that they cared about this world, at least aesthetically. Yeah, but there was just no story. There's no substance to it. Right. It was we're, we're, we are over the style over substance. Somewhat. Somewhat. I mean, every once in a while, like, give me a Star Wars. Okay, fine. Yeah. And like, I talk about popcorn movies all the time, but then you also want to see ones that are... If, if you're going to have a style, you better ooze that style. <laughs> yes, yes, and I don't, and even then it's on purpose, right? It's deliberate, like you're, right. you're swagging in that vein. You're, okay, well, this is who we are today. This is the style movie. Exactly. This is the style story. And and honestly, I don't, he's not, he's he, not that guy. He doesn't he's have, not going to, he's yeah. not going to do that. But he is going to sit around and tell you that he, he created in the best era ever. He created in probably the most successful Money-wise era. He did probably create one of the most prosperous moments of comic books. One of the most, I should say, profitable. Yeah, absolutely. But he also is one of the direct reasons. I will always say this. Image and Marvel and DC right there all are equally to blame for the fall of comic books at 99 because of their behavior over that 10-year period. And Image is a huge part of that. And those guys play a bigger role because they were a bigger part of their companies. That's true. You know, if anyone who should have cared enough to say, let's step back and not do 13 variants, it it should have been those creators, and it wasn't. They acted with no responsibility. Uh, all right, we're going to jump out there right there. I guess I guess that was super nerdy. Uh, this has been on behalf of Little Brother Nico and myself, Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here on 104.5, 106.1. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Mm-hmm.